The room is relationships. The room is you and me and everyone in America. What are you talking about? The room is different cookie cutter mm-hmm. from Hollywood. Yeah, man, you never know. People are very strange these days. What's going on? Welcome to The Room Minute. The podcast where we get obsessed with the cinematic classic, The Room. One minute at a time. You have no idea what kind of trouble you're in here, do you? Why are you so hysterical? We always wanted people actually talk about it. I did not hit her. It's not true. It's bullshit. I did not hit her. I did not. Oh, hi, Mark. Oh, hi, Allison. Oh, hi, Rob. Oh, hi, listeners. We're here to talk about Mini... Blah. About Minion 93. Yeah. We're here to talk about... <laughs> <laughs> We're here to talk about Minute 93 in which Johnny fucks a dress then tears it apart. <laughs> I'm glad I uh, I'm glad I could be here for this minute. <laughs> That's the only way to put it. Oh hi Brian. Oh hi, uh, <laughs> oh, hi Robert. Oh hi Allison. Oh hi. So this is your favorite minute. So, yeah, I, that's um <laughs> that's not something you see in most films. No, no, no. no. Yes, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, it's all building to this. I've only seen it. I've only seen it in two that I can think of. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So what's the other one? Disaster artist. <laughs> Oh, okay, there you go. <laughs> that's like 1.5. That, that's a great moment in The Disaster Artist, though, because he starts doing that, and the actress playing Juliet is like, I was going to keep that dress. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Not anymore. Now, this is completely unrelated, but James Franco goes all in as Tommy in that, yeah. and specifically when he's being mean to the actress playing Lisa, mm-hmm. while he's just standing there butt naked except for his, you know, his little covering. Yeah. Is, to me, it's supposed to be, it's almost kind of tense, but it's so funny because he's just walking around butt naked just being Tommy. Yep. <laughs> it's pretty funny. Anyways. Yeah, this minute begins with him pulling a sheet off the bed, which also wasn't put on the bed neatly. Then I think pillows, I'm not sure. There's something, and there's still a balled up sheet on the bed, but then the angle changes and it's gone. And he, you know, takes a break from his rage. At least he drops onto the bed laying down, which is nice. But then we get a flashback to the sex scene, which isn't as nice. And then he sits up, he knocks the candle off the side table, and that candle's been around for a while. We've seen it a lot. He knocks down another candelabra. We don't see him knock down the water feature, but I guess he does. Because when we cut to the mirror, it's not there. And then the thing he uses to break the mirror is one of the stones from the bottom of it, which we have barely seen. When I realized he was holding a stone, I was like, "Why? where did he get that? I had to go backward and check. So I'm glad you're here to tell me these things because I was like, where did the random rock come from? Yeah, it's. I had to go back to like the previous shot. You can see just low enough. It's the first time we've seen the bottom of the water feature. There's a little thing of stones. So I guess the water all like drops onto the rocks. That's very pleasant. Check off stone. Yeah, it's check off stone. Although we only got it a shot ago. We may have seen it earlier and just not noticed. I don't know if we ever saw the bottom of the water feature. Yeah. At a certain point in the movie, you don't know it's a water feature. That my first experience with this film outside of the billboards was the CinemaSins video and. 
Perfectly clear day just two minutes ago, now raining. They call it a continuity error because it's raining outside. But it's not the window, it's the water feature. I saw that, and I was, uh, yeah, you gotta take everything uh, CinemaSins does with a grain of salt, but... <laughs> well, yeah. Yes. I love uh, their stuff, especially after listening to their podcast. Because you realize, they don't hate movies, they're just, sometimes they're reaching for anything they can say. Yeah. But sometimes they do stupid stuff like that, where it's like, that's not the window. Yeah. <laughs> Watch the movie. Yeah, like, um, I was looking at some of the goofs for the movie we're doing, and they said, oh, the colonel didn't salute Clint Eastwood, because he's a Medal of Honor winner, and of course, somebody had to speak up and say, hey, guess what? That's not a rule, that's a courtesy. Yeah. And also, they were indoors and not wearing their covers. He's saluting anybody in that circumstance is not a goof. <laughs> <laughs> you can, so you take it with a grain of salt. Yeah, they want as many as possible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and depending on the movie, they want a lot or they want a few. Yeah. I mean, they did The Princess Bride recently and it was like they were trying to keep the number as low as possible <laughs> while still saying stuff because everyone loves that movie, including them. Right. Well, then we get an angle toward the couch again as Johnny returns to the middle of the room. The pillows on the couch have been rearranged somehow. And then he gets settled in the pile of clothing and bedding, kind of like a nest. His final resting place. Spoilers <laughs> for, you know, next Monday. Wait, what? <laughs> oh, oh, did I ruin it for you? <laughs> no. I was following along minute by minute. <laughs> no. No. <laughs> well, yes, that's that's the only reason I hesitated before I removed Chris R from my version of the movie. <laughs> Is because that sets up where the, why there's a gun. But it doesn't matter. Johnny can just own a gun. Yeah. So who cares? It's in a box. It looks like a gun you own yourself. He grabs the red dress. We get a flashback of Lisa spinning for minute four. He sniffs the dress. We get a flashback of a shot we did not see where Lisa pushes Johnny on the bed. We saw the end of this shot from, I think, what would have been a different take. Because minute five, it cuts from Denny doing his little creepy apple eating to Johnny landing on the bed. But the angle's different, so I think this is just a different take of that same moment. Then he uh, starts to, um, well, have sex with the dress, I guess, sort of. <laughs> yeah, it, it looks like that. It's hard to be sure, yeah. Oh, it's definitely a... It's it's a close on dry hump, you know, basically. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Here, yeah. And we get more flashbacks. We get Lisa in a shot we never saw where she's got the red dress partly off, which minute seven skipped from dress on to dress down to her waist. We get a shot from the sex scene. And then Johnny's finished already. So that was quick. If it wasn't for the flashbacks, you could have just thought he was this, you know, doing that toddler kind of rage. But then you're showing sex scenes and he's and he's got his hand on his crotch with the dress it's there's nothing else you can really take from that like right it's it's not subtext it's just text <laughs> yes he holds up the dress like as he's about to rip it and we get a flashback to this one's worse because it's not just lisa before the sex scene it's lisa looking at denny and turning her head over to johnny so it's like definitely when denny was still there we saw this shot earlier but then he rips the dress we see Lisa and Mark dancing. He rips the dress some more. We see Lisa from like three minutes ago at the foot of the bed. That was her saying, I put up with you. <laughs> and then he throws the dress away. And he throws the dress away, and I don't know what's going to happen next. I've never seen this film. <laughs> <laughs> it's almost like a cliffhanger. <laughs> I think it's funny that the minutes I've been on, they've had a lot of flashbacks, and some of those flashbacks were from only a couple minutes earlier in the film. Yes. And it reminds me of... 
Like, you ever see the Jane Silent Bob or the Clerks cartoon? Oh, yeah. And it's like the second episode, and they get and they do a clip yep. show in the second episode. And it's not only clips from the first episode, but earlier in the, the second episode. in the second episode, yeah. And it was, like, literally from, like, two seconds. He goes, hey, that was that happened right over there. <laughs> yeah. I, I guess we need – I think you just explained it pretty well. I think we need the flashbacks because otherwise this scene would be really weird. And yeah, it, it breaks up his – sat on there – and yeah, it, it 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 gives reason. Yeah, it shows what he's thinking. Like it makes sense if you know what we're seeing. What he's thinking as he's ripping the dress up. It's his rage, yeah. you know, coming through. But the the whole gyrating and thrusting is <laughs> is a little awkward. <laughs> yes. Speaking of that gyrating, notes from a midnight screening. Notes from a midnight screening. When he breaks the mirror, it's like oh, seven years bad luck. But the good one here, when he grabs that dress, even before he starts doing it, the audience starts chanting, fuck that dress, fuck that dress, fuck that dress. (laughs) That's the one note I had from the midnight screening as well. That's the one thing I had heard, and that is brilliant. (laughs) And then when when he finally rips it in two, they're like, yeah, they get off on this one. Literally. Yeah. <laughs> well, maybe, I hope not literally, actually. Yeah, that, that's that's a whole different type of screening. As long as they keep their clothes on, I guess it's their problem, not mine. Well, yeah, it's just like, you know, above the clothes dry humping, just like Tommy's doing with that dress. Yeah. Or Johnny, I should say. I was imagining someone coming to the midnight screening with the dress, but not wearing it. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's where you got to keep an eye on him, you know, <laughs> that person. It's like, what's... <laughs> Where's he? He's going up to the front of the theater at this scene. You're like, oh no, yeah. he's going to do it. Please don't. <laughs> well, the, the funny thing about the actual minute, uh, uh, you know, that, that whole scene is right after he's like thrusting, he, he puts the uh, dress back up. He smells it again <laughs> after it's been in his crotch. <laughs> yeah. Maybe that's why he decided to rip it. Like, oh, bro. <laughs> he's like, oh no, I ruined yeah. it. Yeah. She's gone. I don't want to dry clean this. Yeah. <laughs> now, it would have been too much of a political commentary if the dress was blue. I'm sorry. <laughs> yes, that's good. I'll show myself out now. <laughs> I got that reference. <laughs> I, I understood that reference. It's Friday, Friday. I know it. It all sounds like some bad movie. You already mentioned on Wednesday. Sorry, I ruined it. No, it's fine. <laughs> it's a good little it's a good little cliffhanger, you know. People yeah. are like, "Oh my god, it's the best wrestling movie ever." It's not. Oh, well. Uh... The weirdest thing, can I just say before we get into No Holds Barred? Hey, my biggest complaint with it is it's kind of boring, but I'll get to that. But the weirdest thing was I was looking up people's ages cuz I'm like, "Whoa, it's Joan Severance." And like before I've seen her in anything else. She's like 30 something, I think yeah. at the time. Hulk Hogan's like 30? Yeah. yeah. In that movie, he looks so. What happened to him? Hulk. I mean, I get <laughs> maybe he lost. You could lose your hair when you're young, but also his skin, maybe from all that tanning. I don't know. Yeah, it's it's a combination of steroids. I was to say vitamins, but let's just call them what they are steroids, <laughs> tanning. I think he did. I, I don't, he wasn't like an alcoholic, but I think he liked to party in his youth. You know, like, like mm. a lot of alcohol, he said. And, yeah, but it, it's steroids. It's. I mean, first off, he's just a massive individual anyways. Yeah. And then you, you couple that with the roids and, and yes, you can ball prematurely, but I think that contributed to it was, was the, 
the roid use. Because, like, Mark Pellegrino, who played Lucifer in Supernatural, plays his little brother. And he looks like a kid. He's a, he's actually like 22, 23, I think, in the movie. But he looks so young. Yeah, like, yeah he's... It's just Hulk Hogan could be his father. Well, they even they even it's, kind of allude to it in the movie that he's, he's like, they're more than brothers. They're, you know... Yeah, they're more than brothers. Yeah, because yeah, he's basically Hulk, Hulk basically did raise him, but and they, they kind of treat it like it's his ward or his stepson or you know, something like that. Right. Yeah, uh, Hogan has been one of those guys for me where, like, when I was watching like WCW when he when he was later in his career, he was my age. The age I am now is the age he was in like WCW, and I'm like, man, he's he's so old, and <laughs> but he's always looked like that. Right. It's like he got old early, and now he just yeah. He's like old, like Patrick. Stewart. Right. I was going to say Patrick Stewart or Walter Matthau, you know, one of those guys. So so that's what that's why they can look so youthful. I used to joke about that. People would tease me. Hey, you know, you look fairly young for a 38, 40 year old, or at the time, and. I'm like, yeah, well, when you look 40 when you were 20, it's easy to say, look, you look, you know, the same. <laughs> yeah. Hulk Hogan, he, he doesn't look much different today. I mean, definitely he's not, he doesn't have the size, but uh, he's definitely right. not as muscular either. He hasn't changed much, I, I wouldn't say. But this is back in his, his glory days, shall we say. Yeah. At the, at the peak of his popularity. 1989. Yeah. So have you seen this movie before? Have you seen No Holes Barred? I don't think I had seen it before at all. What, no. What's your... What's, no, I, I thought I had, and then I turned it on. I'm like, I don't know this at all, this movie. Now, what was your impression of it? Obviously, you said it's slow in parts. I'm, I'm, I'm it's curious. slow. I think this is kind of like The Room. With a better director and a tighter script, it could be a good 80s movie. It's got a really simple plot. Like, you know, this TV network wants him, and then the two things are kind of disconnected early on, because the TV network wants him on their network, but then decide to do their own wrestling show anyway, which eventually drags him in for the final fight and all that. But then it becomes like a personal fight where they attack his girlfriend and they attack his brother. It it works as an 80s yeah. movie. It's It follows the same formula of like kickboxer. Yes. Or blood sport even. Well, speaking of which, I think what would have saved it is if, what's his name, Stan, Stan Bush? Yeah. Was the one who did the theme song and he's not. Run out on me like it's Yeah, yeah, good point. It's um, I think the guy who did the music is Jim Johnston. Yes, I, I, I wrote that down, and he he he's been doing all the the WW. I don't know if he's still with them, but for years he did all the entrance music for WWF WWE. Okay, yeah, that's that's who. He yeah, is. he's like the DX theme, you know, all the real the rock, all these you know the big themes that people know to this day. All Jim Johnston. Yeah, because just just a month and a half ago, I listened to tons of Stan Bush's music because I watched Bloodsport for my blog. And the two songs he did for that are amazing. Like, they're even outside the movie, they're so cheesy. But, like, perfect 80s cheese yeah. music. And then the theme song for this is pretty good. But I'm like, it needs that. It needs his touch. It needed to be a little more heartfelt. Yeah, it's a little. I'm trying a little bit. Yeah, it's a little low-key at the end. It's, it's a good mm -hmm. song. He says, no holes barred or whatever. But, like. Yeah. Taking home. Now, and, and that's another thing I miss about movies today is having somebody sing a, a song. Yeah, the sing the title at the end credits or something. Yeah, or, no know. retreat, no surrender. Well, you got no reason to let the people keep you down. Stand up and fight for what you are. 
love that. Yeah. <laughs> Iron Eagle. I love that. Mm-hmm. Never say die. <laughs> yeah. Never say die. Which again, I don't remember who does that, but like that guy could, that wasn't Stan Bush, was it? I don't think that one was, nope. no. I believe I put that on my 80s cheese playlist. Though. Yeah, but whoever did that could, <laughs> also could have done a good job with the No Holds Barred song. Because there, there's a no, there's there's an action scene in the beginning. It's it's actually, I, I remember this scene being way later in the movie, but where he gets taken by the, the limo driver. And oh, the limousine, yeah. Oh, that's this amazing. Like. I mean, this, you know, you already set up that Kurt Fuller is great as a bad guy, which yes, I don't know if you know, he was supposed to be Ted Turner. Okay. So makes sense. Yeah. So, so basically it's my understanding that they, I say, I wrote it down a couple of things that stood out. Like when I was watching on Amazon, it says the WWE studios logo, but this is a 19, like 84 movie. It's, it's just, it's got the current, you know, production logo yeah. that they have, but there's uh it said written by Dennis Hacken. Which I didn't look up who he was or what he's done else, but I've read a lot about this in the past. So it's that basically Vince McMahon and Hulk Hogan were executive producers, mm-hmm. and it's right there in the opening credits. They were not happy at all with what was written on right. the screen. So they locked themselves in a hotel room for like a weekend and rewrote the whole script. Yeah. And it shows. Yeah. <laughs> But uh, part of that is, at the time, Vince McMahon had a falling out with Ted Turner. They, they had some sort of agreement where actually WWF was going to end up on TBS. Mm. And it, it just, something happened because Vince bought the rights to some wrestling show that was that had a contract with TBS. But So then he put a show on there, but then people hated it. So Ted Turner canceled it. So now he hates him. That, and this is all before the whole WWF versus WCW animosity right. between Ted Turner and and Vince McMahon. And so this, it's, I've read somewhere that Kurt Fuller uh, playing uh, Brell, the TV executive, was an evil, like a super ridiculous version of Ted Turner. <laughs> <laughs> like he's over the top evil, comically oh, evil, yeah. and even as far as comically, especially at the end when he's wrecking his own stuff, he knocks his own show off the air because he's so into the fight. Yeah, exactly. He's just. <laughs> I mean, it's ridiculous. Like everybody who works for him is just intimidated by him. Mm-hmm. He told some woman that he saved on the board to go take a leak. Yeah, which I assume was firing her, but <laughs> she because we never <laughs> see her again. Right. <laughs> he says, uh, "I think they were trying to make a uh, jock ass uh, a new catchphrase." Yeah, which is pretty. Every time we said that, I'm like, "That's not a word." Stop no, it. it's not. But he says it. Stop trying to make jock ass happen. Stop trying to make fetch happen. It's not going to happen. Yeah. <laughs> It's never going to happen. Although, I don't know. I'm going to have to start using it because it's pretty awesome. (laughs) Uh, Apparently, in this fictional world of Battle of the Tough Guys and WWF, wrestling is the number one entertainment in the country. Which, you know, for a while, maybe not back then, but it was hugely popular. It was pretty big, yeah. It wasn't that big. Once you got past the beginning setup, that was okay. Yeah. (laughs) It was like just him being like, I need that on my network. I'm like, that's not that great. Just get something else. Right, right. It's not going to, you know, it's not the be all, end all. And then I think it was the woman that he told to take a leak is like, we'll have a sitcom. And I'm like, that's a good idea. Get Hulk Hogan in a sitcom. That could be good. Yeah, ex- yeah exactly. <laughs> Run with that. Oh, yeah, exactly. Yeah, I can, I can see Hulk Hogan, like Super Nanny. Just do like a the, the Super Nanny show or whatever he did. or, or... Oh, yeah, the movie. Yeah, <laughs> just do it in a, in a series form. It'd be great. It'd be comical genius.
I mean, he's basically playing Hulk Hogan, just his name is yes. Rip, you know. Rip. But the the part where he tells Brel that he's he's not going to sign with them, and he and he, he you know he he walks out, he stuffs it. Oh, I do like when he stuffs the blank check down his throat, and he said, "I won't be here when that check clears," <laughs> which is hilarious. I mean, this movie is really a stupid, stupid. Line, but that's yeah. why it works. Yeah, yeah. I mean, this is the this movie is bad. It's it, you know, if you look yeah. at it, it is not a well done movie. It is really cheesy. It's pretty funny in my opinion, though. But, but that's why I'm saying it. There are parts of it, like the whole hotel room sequence, where he divides the room all nicely, like hangs something in the middle of the bed so they won't see each other, and then he's working out and accidentally breaks the bed. It's hilarious. Yeah, it's just really poorly timed. I think with just a different director, it could have been a very entertaining. And if it embraced being a comedy, yeah. Yeah, because I think it was supposed to be a serious action movie with comedy. Right, but they were aiming for a kids who like Hulk Hogan while having horrible violence happen. Yeah. And they, if they drifted more to the comedy, I think it would have worked. As a kid, I, I loved this movie. You couldn't tell me it was a bad movie as a kid. <laughs> of course. Yeah. And as an adult, I, I have sense, you know, I, I recognize that this is not a well-done movie. Yeah. And I still enjoyed it, watching it for this. Yeah. <laughs> right. Part, parts of it are still entertaining. I think if it had been re-edited or something sped it up a little, it would have worked pretty well even still. Yeah. I just thought it lagged. Mm-hmm. Like, I was looking at how many minutes left. It's like, I recently watched Action Jackson and it had the same problem. Yeah, and it's actually not that long of a movie. It's <laughs> what? An hour, maybe an hour and a half, if that? Right. Yeah, it's like 90 minutes. It's the middle part there where it's it's very much Rocky 2 and Rocky 3 in the middle. Yeah. They get Tiny Lister to be, he's Zeus and he's the big, he's he's Mr. T basically and he challenges Hulk in public around all the kids and, mm-hmm. you know, he tries to be the better man and his, his, his trainer is like, no, 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 you'll, you can't win. You can't win, Rock! This guy will kill you to death inside of three rounds! You know, all that good stuff and then he's even in the hospital because <laughs> his brother gets put in the hospital. It's kind of like Rocky Two when Adrian's in the hospital and uh-huh. even to the, so much where when they finally agree to fight the training montage is zeus just destroying stuff almost like drago but then you got yeah like rocky four yeah exactly yeah i didn't realize how much of rocky is in this and then but they show hulk hogan or rip working doing physical therapy with his brother <laughs> like, yeah. like that's the um that's his training montage but there is that little bit of lull i think while he's trying to you know like oh i'm not going to do the fight and but i i do like all the attempts by the evil executives to hire thugs to either kidnap his girlfriend yeah to just doing horrible legal things outright oh yeah i mean well first off you know he's he hires joan severance which i forgot she was in this i forgot that was her like she's just she's so beautiful with her eyes uh, as soon as she like they showed her i'm like oh right her because <laughs> uh, she was in what was she in uh see no evil hear no evil or the one with yes. uh, gene wilder and yeah that was her thing right before this. yeah it, it, that's that's another good one but you know she was actually there because i had a, a a thought when they were dividing the, the room and hulk you know we get some hulk hogan butt cheeks we get that a couple times mm-hmm. but then she comes out in this like sexy lingerie and i'm like well for somebody who's being really timid and doesn't want to you know share a room and do all this i'm like well, just wear your clothes but she was sent there to seduce him she just couldn't go through with it because she right. he's a nice guy so you know we that's a little twist we get there so you know uh, Brell is hiring, you know, executives, women to seduce Hulk Hogan. That doesn't work. He's trying to bribe him. That doesn't work. He hits her, so he's a woman beater. That doesn't work. Mm-hmm. He he practically pr- paralyzes the younger brother of of Hulk Hogan. Yeah. And then he tries to kidnap Joan Severance and almost gets away with it unless until Hulk Hogan shows up on his motorcycle and beats up a guy with his motorcycle. Yeah. But we didn't even talk about the best part. 
the dookie. <laughs> I mean, that that whole scene where the limo driver is trying to get him to the warehouse where they're going to beat him up, and Hulk Hogan's kicking the limo so hard that it's causing him to smash into stuff and swerve and, and all that, and then Hulk Hogan breaks through the top of it, utterly destroys these guys, and then goes to grab the limo driver, and he smells the, the shit, and he's like, what is that smell? <laughs> What's that smell? <laughs> that actually would be one of the moments that I think where a better director would have also ended the scene better because it just kind of cuts. Yeah. Be- <laughs> what, what what did he do? What did he do to the guy? Exactly. Yeah. It's just like I think it's just like Dookie. <laughs> yeah, and then it cuts to the next scene. I'm like, uh, okay. That Dookie is so disgusting because it's completely <laughs> soaked all the way up his back like a tot, yeah. like an infant. Yeah, <laughs> it's just disgusting. <laughs> Yeah, that's stuff that Hogan and Vince McMahon were probably laughing their butt off when they were writing this. Right. That's, but that's, that's also like, it's a kid's film. Yeah. But that's the end of the scene where he just threw a bunch of guys through windows. Yeah. It's, Which had, a, had like a little rock music to it, but it was like uh-huh. an easy listening Rick Springfield type <laughs> rock music. <laughs> it needed to be a little more hard, you know, a little more dramatic. <laughs> it's like they, they did a bunch of the right things for a good 80s movie, but did them slightly wrong. Yeah. And then all of them are slightly wrong. Yeah. <laughs> so there's a lot lot of a lot of tropes though in this movie it's yeah. it's it's definitely I, I mean we've had a few people bring like bad movies to this where like i'd be like no one should watch that like uh christmas vacation too oh yeah because <laughs> netty that no one should watch no. that unless you're really into bad movies no one should watch things this one i think is entertaining enough especially if you like 80s movies like to see one that didn't quite work it's definitely worth watching it for for a free movie on streaming if you got a few minutes to kill mm-hmm. there is some funny stuff in it and to me, I, you know, I was a wrestling fan growing up. I got out of it for a while. Then when I was, you know, in the nineties was big into wrestling again. And, uh, this is like an invasion angle before the invasion angle. Like, you know, Vince McMahon eventually bought WCW and then brought those yeah, wrestlers and in. Slowly yeah. Merged them. Yeah. It, it's very similar. Or, or even when, uh, in the nineties, he, uh, they sent DX to a WCW show and filmed it. Like they were trying to get in and, and mess with them. And well, and if this movie had done well, they were going to do a big finale at. WrestleMania that year. Yeah, they actually had a match with Tiny Lester uh, as Zeus showed up and teamed up with Macho Man. Right, but it was going to be the big like central fight if it, the movie didn't, yeah. didn't. Yeah, I think it, yeah, it just they did the one match at like SummerSlam and I forget who Hogan's partner was and then it just went away because the movie tanked and yeah. as much as Tiny Lister is a good actor and other things, he's not a wrestler. You know, <laughs> I believe I believe I looked it up. The movie cost six million, made four million its first weekend, which isn't horrible, but only made fourteen million total. Mm. So it's like no no one saw it. So not enough to yeah. really justify, except for little Brian when he was <laughs> uh... <laughs> like I saw everything back then, but no, this one didn't come up. I think it was also you know again I was a big Hogan fan, and then uh you know it probably ended up on HBO, which is where I saw everything ah, yeah. as a kid. You know, uh, and, and the what I like though is Hulk Hogan murders two people. 
maybe at the end of this movie as the good guy? Possibly, so. yeah. It's it, it, they don't confirm that anyone's dead. Yeah, that's and true. Deliberately, they don't confirm it. But yeah, yeah, there's a good chance Zeus. Well, Ze- well, we know Zeus lived because he actually showed up at SummerSlam, so he was alive. All right. Yeah. yeah so okay, we we can rest easy there. He did not actually murder him. And the guy he th- uh, flings into the tree with his motorcycle might have died. Well, true. Yeah. I, you know, that reminded me of like Friday the 13th. I expected to see like a uh, smiley face afterwards. <laughs> and Brel could be dead, but not sure. I'm assuming he's dead, but he killed himself. Yeah. Technically. Mm-hmm. Hogan never touched him. Yeah. <laughs> he never ripped him. Yeah. That's, uh, it's, it's one of those guilty pleasures of mine. A good, bad movie, if you will. Yeah. So I got to go back and figure out what movies we haven't covered because we've only got a few of these Fridays left. <laughs> See what obvious ones we've missed. In the meantime, though, Brian, can you tell the audience one more time where they can find more of you? Well, first off, uh, guys, I just want to thank you for having me on. And uh, I'm at the Marine Corps Movie Minute podcast. Uh, we're doing movies that uh, feature Marines one minute at a time. We're not sure what we're going to do next, but we'll just focus on Heartbreak Ridge for now. But if anybody wants to, you know, give us a listen or a follow, we're we're actually on uh, Instagram at the Marine Corps Movie Minute Pod. And uh, again, thanks guys for having me on. I love talking about the room. But it's nothing wrong when people make fun of the project. In this case, the room. The Room Minute is a production of Lemming Drops Studio. You can find more content at lemmingdrops.com. Follow The Room Minute on all the obvious social media. If you've got any stupid comments after the show, you can leave them in your pocket on Facebook. If you like what you hear, throw us a rating and a review on your podcatcher of choice. Thank you for listening. And remember, if a lot of people loved each other, the world would be a better place to live.
Ah! Uh.